0: The first six letters in Christmas are C, H, R, I, S, and T. What's that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy.
1: And Father, we thank you for the worshipful atmosphere in this place, in the homes, and in the spirit center. We thank you, Lord, for those who are worshiping with us around the country and world. We thank you for the gift of technology. And we thank you for the gift of your word the gift of your Son, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for the gift of salvation. Help me now to preach in the power of the Spirit, and may your people document truth, apply truth, live by it, so their lives will be the better, enriched, and matured to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, amen. Amen. Have your Bibles. Turn with us to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 7 through 18. It is a Christmas text that we'll be preaching from this morning. Luke, chapter 2, verses 7 through 18. The Word of God reads, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among all people with whom he is pleased. When the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen him, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed about the things which were told them by the shepherds. From this passage, we want to preach The first Christmas rush. We want to preach the first Christmas rush. I am so very thankful that God the Father gave us the greatest gift humanity has ever known in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was and is light, born into a world... That is filled with hopelessness. A world that is enveloped in spiritual darkness. And destined for a Christless eternity. But God out of his unconditional love. God out of his infinite goodness. God out of his undeserved grace. Gave us the greatest transcendent gift. The world has ever known. In the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says in Matthew 121, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Jesus means salvation. Because of what God did. Thousands of years ago, we have a special time to reflect and be thankful for the immeasurable, immense gift of the Lord Jesus, not only for the Christmas season, but also throughout the year. Not only just throughout the year, but throughout all of your life and not only just throughout all of your life, but throughout all of eternity. Yet, especially during the Christmas season, we do not see people rushing to celebrate the Christ of Christmas. All of us. I must admit, are inundated and overwhelmed with unrelenting commercials about Christmas sales and all these offers and promotions. Your mailbox is stuffed to capacity with Christmas appeals and promotions and sales, while many others rush to the malls, seek out Amazon, uh, head to Walmart grocery stores, H-E-B, and so many more for items for that special family meal and many during this time, they rush to the bank to borrow beyond their ability to repay and end up in depression when the bills come due in January. Before the turkey can digest, they leave the Thanksgiving table early to rush and stand in a long line all night to be the first to enter when the, the store doors open on Black Friday sales. They push, they shove They stampede, they fight, they cuss each other out, they abuse verbally, they cuss out the sale associates only for the item to be on on sale on Cyber Monday. (laughs) But who is in a rush to experience the Christ of Christmas? Even in the scripture, we see people who are not in a rush to see Christ, even in the text Even in the Bible, we see a number of accounts where, historically, people were not in a rush to see Jesus. Let me give you some examples. For example, the innkeepers were not in a rush to see the birth of the Savior because they were so consumed in making another shekel. As a matter of fact, you go to Israel now, they don't call it money, but they still call it shekels from way back yonder when uh, they were, the innkeepers were, were, were so, they were so uh, uh, in, influenced and desirous of making another shekel that they missed the opportunity to host the Christ child. Well, how, how do you know that? Because of Luke chapter 2, verse 7, which says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, look, because there was no room for them in the In Nowhere to stay. The innkeepers miss Christmas. Who else miss Christmas? The chief priests and scribes miss Christmas. The religious leaders. Oh, they were religious. Oh, they knew what the word said. Oh, they knew the prophets, but yet they miss Christmas. Is that you? Are you religious? Know the word? Know the liturgical aspect of the church? Know the order of the church, know the people of the church, have membership in the church. But still, Miss Christmas, the religious leaders of that time did. Because in Matthew chapter two, verses uh, four and five, it says, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them whether Christ was to be born So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. Look, thus it is written by the prophets. Micah chapter five, verse two also says, but you Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be Ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting reference to the Messiah being born in Bethlehem Bethlehem means house of bread the Messiah Jesus the bread of life was born in the house of bread what was so stunning is that the chief priests and scribes knew the prophecy that spoke of the exact location of the birth of Christ, yet they were not in a rush to seek out the Christ child. That's amazing. They knew the prophets. They they, they knew what the prophets said. They knew the prophecy of Christ. They knew the location, but they were not in a hurry to meet Christ. There was no rush. They missed Christmas. Even though they knew the law, even though they knew the prophecy, even though they were religious, they missed Christmas. You look nice. You have beautiful dresses, beautiful, beautiful casual wear, beautiful, all of these things. You got big, nice Bibles. And some of you don't have Bibles nowadays. You depend on your calculator. Your your battery going to go out one day. I'm still believing bringing a book. It's not like a book, by the way. Let me just pause to promote a book. It's nothing like the book, the book, to turn the pages and annotate and write and to be able to touch and all of these things. I'm still, I'm old fashioned, but I don't want to get, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get so modern that I don't want the book anymore. And that's nothing wrong with the gadget. It's wrong. I use it. You know, I, I have one, but, but I still like my Bible. I still like my Bible. How do you learn the, the how do you learn the books of the Bible? I, I bet you if I told, uh, uh, just pointed out and say, okay, give me the 66 books of the Bible. Y'all will duck under the seats, a lot of you. <laughs> duck under the seat. You won't learn those books of the Bible with that technology. You just hit the button and just zoom, and it's right there. That's right there. You know what? We don't even remember our spouse's numbers anymore <laughs> in a cell phone. How, 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 many, how many of y'all have to go go, go ahead and hit the button to get your number of your spouse and the other? Can you just, you know, numerically do that? You know, that has a way of dumbing down and it affects your mind. You need to keep your mind active. You know, Alzheimer's is real. It's real. And uh, you need to keep your mind active and you need to look up stuff, stay engaged, and stop, find the quickest way to do things. So now that's just a sideline. Let me get back. <laughs> the religious leaders miss Christmas. What was so stunning is that the chief priests and scribes knew the prophecy that spoke of the exact location of the birth of Christ. And yet they were not in a rush to seek out the Christ child. They missed it. Who else missed it? Herod. King Herod missed Christmas. In Matthew chapter two, Matthew chapter two, verse three, verses seven and eight, verse 12 and verse 16, it says. When Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now, look at that. All Jerusalem with him. What does that mean? When Herod got mad, you everybody started shaking in their boots because this was an evil man and nothing was beyond his capacity to do. I mean, he was ruthless. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I, too, may come and worship him. He's lying. Just lying through his teeth. You know, and, and I tell you, don't trust. the. Go- you know, that's the government okay look at y'all laughing now that's the government okay he was in charge you better you better you better read your Bible and know what the scriptures say don't you go line by line trusting the government the government is not your friend not your friend your, your taxes are gonna go up everything's gonna go up the government's not your friend don't pay your taxes and you'll find out they're not your friend okay See, he said go, go, go report and uh and, and, and let me know where he is so that I can worship him. Just lie. Verse 12, and after being warned by God in a dream, see, God is, God is superintending this business. After being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, you better do exactly what God says when He says it. Because it this was a life and death decision. Had they said, well, I think we'll go back and talk to Herod again, he'd have killed him. And after being warned by God of the dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left their own country by another way. They were wise to do that. Verse 16. Then when Herod saw that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent men and killed all the boys who were in Bethlehem and all this vicinity who were two years old or under according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Look how ruthless this man became. You're talking about slaughter. By the way, the slaughtering of babies is still going on today. Huge controversy. Huge controversy over babies. Babies being killed by the millions. And Christians are not even burdened. Not even burden. A real baby. You have to have life in the womb before you can have life out of the womb. And we can say, how how could Herod do this? But the same question we can pose pose today, how can people do this today? Look, do I get an amen? Look how weak y'all are, y'all are weak. You see, y'all been conditioned. The world has secularized y'all mind. You can hear truth and can't say amen because you've been baptized by the media. Oh, God, help me preach this message. King Herod missed Christmas because when he heard the king of the Jews was born, instead of rejoicing that a savior was born, this cruel, this bloodthirsty tyrant who committed many acts of atrocities and cruelty to protect his own power, was intimidated and threatened because of, a, because of a rival to his throne, had arrived on the scene. When he instructed the wise men to seek out the Christ child that he may come and worship him, they were instructed by God to go another direction. Don't you go back to that maniac. As a result of, Herod felt deceived and became enraged and put out an edict to kill all the boys who were two years old and under in Bethlehem and all its vicinity to ensure that the Christ child was slain. He was demonically energized, and Satan wanted that baby because he, Satan knew uh, that through that baby would come eternal life through which we would be saved. And had that baby been killed, we would not have eternal life today. Why don't you thank God for divine intervention? Thank God that God was superintending the process that salvation would come to his people. Instead of rushing, instead of Herod's rushing to receive the Savior, Herod sought to murder the Messiah, to to murder God, to murder the Savior, to to murder our blessed hope, to, to murder eternal life. To murder the God of mercy. To murder the one who saved us, redeemed us, who helps us. He said, kill him at any cost. Start with two and go down to make sure he's dead. He was an evil evil man. He was demonic. Energized by Satan. Possessed by Satan. Let me shift to another question now, since I have your attention. Who initiated the first Christmas rush? Who initiated the first Christmas rush? According to Luke chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, the shepherds initiated the first Christmas rush. Where is it? In verses 15 and 16, it says, when the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, uh, let's go uh, straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry. Look at that. That's the, That's the rush. And they came in a hurry and found their way to the to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Now, let me give you historical perspective on the shepherds. They were among the lowest and most despised social groups. The very nature of their work kept them from entering into the mainstream of Israel society. They could not participate in ceremonial worship and all the religious festivals and feasts that, were, that the law required, uh, they couldn't participate. They cared for sheep that would someday be sacrificed in the temple. As they moved about the country, it was common for them to be regarded as thieves. They were, they were considered unreliable and were not allowed to give evidence in the courts. And yet, out of the whole of Jerusalem society, God chose shepherds to hear the good news of the Savior's birth. After baby Jesus was born, they were the first to hear the good news of the newborn king and rush straight to Bethlehem to see this mysterious, mysterious supernatural thing that had happened. So that's who initiated the the first Christmas rush. It was the shepherds. Allow me to give you some spiritual insights about the shepherds. Some more insights. Sometimes you can get so common with the account or with the narrative that you don't allow the text to no longer uh, give you truths uh, to, to enlighten your mind. You can get so familiar that you miss God speaking today because you think you know it spiritual insights about the shepherds. Number one, when when our omniscient God wants to get your attention, he knows exactly where to find you. (laughs) Did you hear that? When our omniscient God knows everything, uh, uh, God, when our omniscient God wants to get our attention, he knows exactly where to find you. God God didn't have to look in the yellow pages. God didn't have to go by some navigational system, say, you know what, I got to put this in the GPS because I, 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 I unless I, find, you know, you go to the GPS and it takes you way, it takes you all the way around, all the way around, it's best if you ask the question, look where do you live, so that you can go straight there. Anybody had a, anybody went the long way around on your GPS, you took the scenic route trying to follow that thing? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I think all of us have. But God doesn't need a GPS. He doesn't need a compass. He doesn't need a guide because he's the all-wise, all-knowing God. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly, suddenly, without a notice, stood near them. (gasps) Oh, oh, oh. I can say." I mean, can you sit down with the cheapest dog in the starry night, and all of a sudden, an angel. I bet they froze. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look!
1: Look! Look! Look. Oh, my goodness. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, do not be afraid. He had to calm them down. Calm them down. For behold, he said, it's okay. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, not some people, all the people. Now, let me park right here and give you some spiritual insight worth considering. Some people seek God in monasteries. They go up and become a recluse in a monastery. Some folks seek God in compounds. Some people see God in elaborate cathedrals with stained glass windows that give you that fuzzy feeling. Some folks see God in the Golden Temple in Amritsar in India. Some folks see God uh, in Mecca in Saudi Arabia. Some folks see God at the Western Wall of Jerusalem. Some folk even travel miles to see the Vatican at the Vatican in Rome to see the Pope, who they think is God. But Brother Pope going to die. Why? Because he ain't God. (laughs) Somebody going to give him his last rites. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. He's going to die, too. Our God is an awesome God. You heard that song. Our God is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's greater than the Pope. He's greater than the Pope. I don't have to go to Saudi Arabia. I don't have to go to Mecca. I don't have to go to India. I don't have to go nowhere. I can come to Jesus right here and meet him for myself.
0: Please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.